Hello and welcome back to the Replatform podcast. Ready for another uh, exciting episode? It's uh, myself, James, as always, and uh, Paul, my co-host. And Mr. Rogers, how are you this afternoon, sir? I'm very well. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I believe you've had quite a hectic day and not been off calls all day. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, this is my, well, I guess I am on a call, but yeah, uh, yeah, my first uh, minutes of not being on a call so far today, which is not good. Yeah. Well, this is a more fun call. So uh, we got um, we got one of our uh, our favourite um, uh, platforms back on the podcast today. So I'll, I'll give a bit of an introduction and then we'll, we'll hand over to our guests. But we're, we're talking to EpiServer again. And uh, we've long been impressed with what EpiServer is doing in terms of, uh, of expanding out its its core platform capabilities around customer experience and personalization. Uh, last year, big acquisition for content personalization specialist IDEO, and very recently announced acquisition of leading global CRO, solu- CRO solution, Optimizely, to build into the EpiServer stack. So really excited. Um, but obviously the key thing that, that always comes to mind is, so what does this mean? Great acquisition, what does it mean? So um, listen to a recent um, um, uh, webinar that they ran and, and the, the position was that there's no experience about experimentation, which I think is a really lovely statement. So what we wanted to do is, is get um, uh, EpiServer on and we've been delighted to, to welcome EpiServer CEO Alex Atzberger, who's got a, a lot of heritage in the customer experience space, having come from SAP customer experience. Um, Welcome, Alex, onto the podcast. Tell us a bit more about the EpiServer business and tech vision off the back of this acquisition. So, um, Alex, welcome to the Replatform podcast. Yeah, thanks so much, James and, and Paul. It's great to be with you guys. Oh, we're delighted. Really appreciate you taking the time. I know it must be a very busy time at EpiServer with, with the uh, recent acquisition. So, before we get into the, uh, the questions, what would be really interesting for our audience is, could you share a bit about your background and also as CEO at EpiServer, like, what is your focus and what's your current vision for the business? Yeah, so, so James, uh, I, uh, I joined EpiServer as a CEO in uh, December of 2019. Uh, I've been for the two past two decades uh, plus in in tech and digital transformation. I remember um, joining my first startup actually in, in 97 during the dot-com bubble here in New York City where I currently live. And uh, it was all about helping companies to digitally transform. And then uh, after a stint at McKinsey where I was running also a project called Digital Transformation, and in business school, I, I joined SAP and I was very fortunate over the last 15 years there to really help the company move into the cloud, make some very important acquisitions and bring uh, companies uh, you know, into SAP that actually really you know, looked at the future of, of tech and, and obviously at cloud businesses. I then moved to China um, and China, um, you know, ran the investment plan for SAP in the, the China market and afterwards uh, took over the Ariba business, which is a procurement platform. Um, and, you know, a lot of the, 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 the experiences there were really about how do you successfully globalize a business, scale a business, how do you really compete in the cloud, uh, but ultimately being always very, very customer focused and always about, you know, what value does technology really bring to customers and how do you transform organizations, not, not just from a technology perspective, but also from a people and, and change management perspective. And then in uh, 2017-18, I, I got the opportunity to, um, to become the president of the SAP Hybris business. And uh, we set forth a pretty bold agenda at that point to say like, look, we want to acquire additional businesses. 
One was about customer ident identity management called Gigia. Another one was for commissions management called Calidus Cloud, which was a two and a half billion dollar acquisition. And I, under my leadership, we brought these assets together to really help SAP become more of a CX uh, player. Yeah? And then ultimately that culminated in the acquisition of Qualtrics, uh, which was um, headline making news because it was such a big acquisition just before they had planned their IPO. Now, uh, and a lot of the experience there uh, really, you know, got me to love the space around uh, customer experience and digital experience. And what I noticed is obviously in the past 20 years that the focus of both the IT organization, but ultimately of the CEO really has moved all to the to the customer experience and the digital touch point and really looking at how can my company become be more digital and digital transformation in the beginning meant you know uh, looking at you know a lot of the back office processes putting core systems into into the place now it has really moved on to be really all about the customer and all about obviously especially accelerated through COVID, all about the digital touch point and the digital transformation and, and that attracted me to, to Epi because Epi is a pure play digital experience platform. It's 100% what we do. And so the vision for the company is very, very simple. We want to create digital leaders. We want to ensure that every company in the world, doesn't matter what industry, doesn't matter what, what, what segment, has the capabilities to actually compete digitally. So we want to make the, the, the uh, we want companies to have be, uh, have, you know, ultimately the, the ability to use things simply and be sophisticated at the same time. Yeah. Uh, and what that means is, you know, today, everybody looks to one company when it comes to digital and that's, that's Amazon. Yeah. And every company in the world competes with Amazon in one way or the other. Or if you don't, you probably will in the next couple of months. You know, so, you know, so, so it literally is, is something that drives a lot of CEOs today who, who wake up in the middle of the night sweating and say like, oh, my goodness, what's happening to my business? You know? And what they all notice is if you haven't been born in the cloud, if you haven't been born digitally, how do you build up the capabilities to actually compete effectively? And, you know, for some very large companies, they have over the last decade or two decades transformed in that area. But a lot of the things that people have transformed to are still very internally focused. And people are still making a lot of guesses around what customers actually want from a digital experience. You know, we make all a lot of guesses what our website should look like. You know? And so what we want to do is we want to give companies that capability to truly be able to compete online and actually wow their customers, uh, retain their customers and grow their businesses. That's the vision for EpiServer. Excellent. I think it's a bold vision and it's a good one. I mean, I like the customer experience angle in it. Um, it's not just about technology. I think that's nice. And actually, before we, before we drill into the optimizely acquisition, which is the focus of today, it'd be really interesting to hear from your point of view, what, what impact the 2019 acquisition of, of um, uh, IDEO, UK-based content personalization company, has had in terms of the, the core platform capability and how EpiServer customers can kind of tap into content personalization. Yeah, so, so IDEO um, was an acquisition that uh, really led me to join Epi because I really felt like, look, this company is actually investing in the future 
rather than consolidating the past. And the beauty about Idio, it's a it's a it's an AI based uh, capability to be able to understand the content on a website, take that content, um, understand the the key words of a content through machine learning, and then really stitch together profiles for people that look at different content on your website. And so it beautifully fits together with our uh, CMS and content management capabilities. And what has been really fantastic is, is around the platform is that it's very uh, seamless. I mean, in the moment we announced the acquisition, we had use cases defined, we could, we could show it to customers, we have a lot of joint customers, and we have seen a lot of success um, in our uh, Epi customer base. Uh, to say like, look, uh, you know, we, we, we are leveraging Idio. So we actually used it to uh, be the, the, the foundation for what is now the intelligence cloud, which is a part of our platform, uh, where we really have the, the recommendations, personalizations capabilities of our, our platform, platform. And um, customers are adopting it very quickly. And in many ways, it's... Um, it is becoming a lot more achievable for customers to actually go there because they're already familiar with Epi. And so what we are doing is we are telling customers, look, this is not, uh, there, there's not a lot of learning curve here for you to actually start using this because we actually now have integrated it into the core platform. And this is something that I will come back to when we talk about optimizely as well. But I think when we look at technology, we, we again, we can't just look at the technology piece. We also need to look at how can the technology actually serve the adoption inside the company. And so what I love to see is an Epi server, by the way, is a good example of this when we did the relaunch of our own website is, you know, oh, what's the uplift that you see from Edio in terms of people, um, you know, converting on your website or clicking on your on your content or going to the next best action. And how long do people stay on your on your on your site? And we see, in some cases, especially for the uh, some of the larger tech companies that leverage Edio, take a service now, for instance, or uh, to take an uh, take an IBM. You know, a, a lot of those companies see significant uh, increases in their in their conversion rates and. You know that's that's very very powerful and um, and we are very happy about about the content recommendations capability this idio brought to epi but also the talent that came through idio to, to epi yeah and so uh, andrew davis uh, and uh, uh, ed barrow who are the co-founders uh, both now play key roles inside epi server one of them uh, ed is running our product uh, strategy and is doing a fabulous job looking really at the market and the future of of the entire uh, digital experience stack and andrew davis is, is now running the brand across epi and idio and you know i i just i just love great talent in a company to 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 take things forward that's um that's really interesting um so my first question, um, so I guess from talking to James and also Joey when he was on the last uh, podcast, um, James got a lot more experience in FE server than I have, but I know that you already had some level of A-B testing within the platform and it was kind of a good uh, differentiator between you and some of the other platforms. Um, so I guess like why, why did you acquire Optimizely? What was kind of the vision behind that? Yeah, the... Uh... The, the, the vision behind it was really recognizing that experimentation is, is not just A-B testing and that experimentation 
is gives companies actually the, 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 the customer behavior data that you need in order to create great digital experiences. And that by combining creation and optimization so closely that you can actually deliver incredible value to companies. And it was also um, really founded in, in business management theory. So uh, there's actually uh, multiple books um, that just came out actually at the beginning of this year, actually in March, uh, one by, by Stefan Tomke, he is a professor at, at Harvard Business School, a book called Experimentation Work, then another book by an MIT professor called Max, uh, Max Bazerman called The Power of Experiments. And in, in both books, the, the, the message is very clear. Companies that are the very best at digital experiment, they don't just A-B test, they really experiment. And what is, what's the difference? The difference is that, you know, there are some people that basically say, say like, look, should the button be green or red or <clears throat> should it be on this page or that page? And it's basically, I would call it red green kind of testing, yeah? very simplistic uh, testing pieces. Experimentation actually works both at the user experience and user front-end side, but also at the business logic side, and even at a business model uh, level. And what it actually means is that it's, a, it's, a, it's nearly a culture of experimentation. It's multiple different disciplines that you actually have in terms of actually thinking about, okay, how do I set up a real experimentation program? How do I, for instance, keep track of what I experimented in the past on? You know, how do I actually govern experimentation in the company? So it's much different than just thinking about like, oh, I'm running an A-B test. And what it means for the platform is that, you actually want to be able, you know, if you, for instance, are running a commerce site, you want to actually be running experiment, for instance, on your checkout process. Or if you are, for instance, um, introducing new pricing, you want to be able to test your pricing. Take, for instance, StubHub, very simple example that is not an A-B test, but actually a business model test, which is, you know, StubHub is in the business of, of uh, tickets, uh, po uh, you know, be it theater tickets or sporting events tickets, and they have a secondary marketplace for those tickets. Now, would you show the price of that ticket, including all the fees, you know, when people search for a ticket, or would you actually show the, the, the ticket price without all the fees calculated in it? Yeah. And depending on, on, on this, you see different behaviors if people actually click through and then actually convert. Now, you actually want to test and afterwards even, will people that might have converted, they might have been upset that they were surprised at the last step that there was an additional fee that came on. So you can actually get very, very sophisticated about experimentation. And then obviously you have multivariant testing and experimentation. So the, the, the point here is that experimentation extends far beyond A-B testing. And all companies that are truly digital leaders, and when you look at the list of, of, of logos that Optimizely has, you know, take a, for instance, a Nike, or take a Peloton, or take a DocuSign, or take a Microsoft, uh, you know, the list extends and extends. Those companies are very, very good at delivering customer experiences. Why? Because they really have that culture of experimentation. And so what we want to really do is by bringing experimentation into the platform, we want to allow for experimentation everywhere 
And we want to take away that sense of like, oh, you know what, I need to set up a whole experimentation practice. No, we want to bring it closer into the platform and to the core process. And, you know, this, this, this really um, drove, drove the acquisition. It takes so many uh, checkboxes. Uh, I can't even tell you. I mean, obviously, the company, companies are complementary in terms of the strength of the regional coverage. The companies are complementary from, a, obviously, a product perspective. But it's also complementary from a persona perspective because we obviously at Epi talk to the uh, marketeer, to the uh, to the web team, to the digital team, but also to the developer community in our partner network. And again, Optimizely has both the experimentation at the front end as well as the back end business logic. So they talk to the same people, and that's that's just beautiful as we as we work together in the future. Yeah, that, that makes absolute sense. Um, and I guess um, in terms of like the product itself, so Optimize has obviously got a lot of customers. I've used it quite a bit in the past. Like, do you plan on uh, con continuing to kind of have it as a standalone piece or will it just be kind of integrated into the platform and become kind of one broader um, kind of offering? Yeah, so, so uh, we, will, we will do two things. We will, on the one hand, continue to position um, Optimizely together with some of our recommendation capabilities um, bundled together in terms of the topic of what we formed as the intelligence cloud. And the reason why that's important is because there's such a large market out there. My personal management belief has always been uh, there's uh, the market is unlimited and you cannot shut yourself off from opportunities to extend to customers who benefit from your solutions. And so we're gonna to continue to work with um, technology partners on the optimized side, but we will also add recommendation capabilities to it to really build out again, the, the concept of the intelligence cloud together with, with Optimizely. And we still have to work, I mean, the acquisition still has to close. So we still have to work on the, the branding and, and how we actually bring this to market. The second piece, though, is clearly the platform and the DXP. Look, the DXP market is, is still uh, in its infancy in many ways. Yeah? Um, you know, a while back it was called CMS. Now we talk about DXPs. Um, there's still a lot of definition to be done in terms of what is actually a DXP. But to this point about, you know, what content, for instance, do you show to whom and how, the how question you can actually only answer through experimentation. And this is why we say there's no experience without experimentation. There should actually be no digital experience platform that doesn't have experimentation at its core. Yeah? And so we, we firmly believe that, that um, it's an, an integral part of the platform. Now, how will it work? It's all about creation and optimization being brought together for the end user. Um, at, at Epi, we want to be easy to use for a business user. And so this means if you are, for instance, on a, on a page that you are creating and you think about what content do you want to create on the page, imagine, for instance, you sell sneakers and you, you're based in, in London uh, and you, you wonder, you know, what are, my, what are my customers actually interested in? What keywords really work? We can help them, obviously, through our content recommendations capabilities to say, like, look, this is where people are responding to. And then based on that, there is a workflow that actually tells you, like, look, in London, people really want to talk about, I don't know, um, 
uh, soccer because you know but right now it's 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 Premier League season again. Then the next step is okay. If that's the case, you know now I should probably run an experiment that actually looks at what you know visual design goes best or what copy goes best with the soccer theme. Yeah? And what we want to ensure is that the actual content creator can actually do this right out of the process where he or she is creating that 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 experience. And then obviously once the results come in, we want the AI to be smart enough to actually start to implement and deliver that outcome pretty much immediately as well. So that there's a continuous learning loop in place and you know people optimize the results of their programs all the time rather than something that is like okay now i go to it now i set up a separate project and and i see sometime in the future what the result is uh interesting so so the intention is that level of integration um with ai and ml so that you can auto roll out winning tests without having to having to like you know, physically deploy a winning test in the future release. It will just be able to select it and program that in and push that to the front end. Then, yes, absolutely. Look, the, the I think this is where the world is is, is absolutely moving to and, and going, which is as as everything that can be automated will be automated in some ways, and you need to obviously trust the AI. And we saw it with IDEO and content recommendations. I've spoken to many customers who have said, like, look, we we kind of handed over the key to the to the AI, you know, literally to, you know, similar to what 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 Tesla does uh, on the on the self-driving autonomous driving side, you know, in some ways there's an autonomous digital experience, you know, so you know I'm not calling EpiServer the Tesla of digital experience, but we might be, you know, so um, and and I think it's the same logic here. I mean. What you want to get to is that you actually get relevant recommendations from the platform itself based on the data that's in the platform about what you should be doing next and what you should be working on. And at one point, you can actually say like, look, I'm trusting that data or that recommendation so much. I want it to be actually self-running. I want to just do it. Yeah. Like for instance, you know, let's say for instance, you have a, um, a, a checkout process as an example again um, maybe every time you actually um, include a new option like a gift option you should be testing for how many characters the gift option field should have and maybe that should just be a standard test in the platform yeah and that should be self-rolling and then the results could be interp interpreted by the ai as well and then it implements the change immediately so some of this is obviously future uh, talk, but some of it is technically very, very, uh, very possible. And so I think that same notion again that applies to autonomous driving or the same notion that applies to, to um, you know, uh, TikTok making suggestions for you of what to look at. You know? you know, at TikTok, there's not a program manager that sits behind it and says like, okay, Paul and James, and I don't know how big of a TikTok users you guys are, but there's nobody you know behind it saying like, hey, this is the next video that that you should be looking at. It's all AI based, yeah. You know? And we have definitely for many of our customers enough data in our Epi system together with Optimizely uh, in terms of an understanding of content to do the same. And that's the future of technology. So coming back to that point you said about uh, content team self serve, which I think is really important because. Having worked with quite a few businesses who've, who've done CRO programs, 
a lot of the time the nervousness is not having skills in house like experimentation skills basically the ones you talked about earlier like proper scientific experimentation and the fear that all they're going to do is do simple red green button testing so in terms of in terms of ability to self-serve the is it are you saying that now pick content teams are going to, or is that the vision that they will be able to self-serve i just want to make sure i'd understood the distinction between where you're at now and where it's going yes that's a, that's a fantastic that's a fantastic question uh, we're going to look at this from from multiple angles uh, because i don't think there's just one silver bullet you know? yeah um, and I think it also depends a lot on the maturity of the company and the business you work with and uh, the conviction, obviously, at the top of the company as well, that they really want to be digital leaders and, and they really think that they can um, compete at this level. And so, again, we want through the combination of Epi and Optimizely, truly democratize the capability. And now let me talk about a couple of ways the... Uh, what that means. The first is this example of the tight integration of experimentation and recommending experiments to people in the actual CMS user interface. So it's not like you're going to a different tool, etc. You will see, and this will happen, you know, within you know 90 to 120 days of the acquisition. You will actually see in our platform with within the Epi Server UI, you will see the experimentation capabilities from Optimizely being embedded. Yeah. And they are really targeted at the content editor, at the web uh, person, probably at the non-technical resource. Yeah. And it will make experimentation uh, available to people through that process. Yeah. There's a second piece, which is, you know, and that, that's where especially the partner ecosystem comes in. But people, you know, and our partners, and we have over 900 partners that are very, very important to us, you know, there you really look at the, the, the full stack capabilities. So server side experimentation, yeah, and giving them the power to actually work with, with customers. And I think they're going to be actually a great multiplier for us because, you know, in some companies, there's simply not the resources available to actually set up such an experimentation program. So now we will give, again, our partners that ability to actually put that in place. I think that's also an opportunity for partners to grow their business and relevance with a company and, and bring that into the company, especially around the full stack capabilities where it gets more, more, more complicated. But then there's also companies where the, 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 the product is actually, or the website is actually the product. I mean, in a lot of ways, you know, we have moved from simple websites to, you know, commerce pages to now, websites being the product. So imagine a, a DocuSign. A DocuSign, you know, the, the product is actually a website. Yeah? And so being relevant for the product manager is super relevant. And this is why obviously we are so excited also for Optimizely because they have put a lot of investment into how do you actually deliver code? How do you actually make code changes yeah? progressively on your website to actually test for bugs, et cetera. And so that's a whole another angle of, of experimentation. And then the, the next step to all of this is all of this needs to be grounded in, in an academy approach that actually says, look, you know, we actually enable you around experimentation. And similar to what you see on disciplines around CIO or what you see around disciplines about customer experience management, um, I really want to go into this, the space of saying like, look, how can we actually create creation and optimization 
and and experimentation as a as a as a as a um, skill set, and I think it goes further than CIO. Yeah, I think it really goes into um, CIO on on steroids. If you think about what what today's capabilities are around experimentation, but we want to really have a, a, a very um, solid enablement program, academy program behind it, where people can get certified and and can actually bring that skill set into their companies. Perfect. Yeah, let, that's. I wanted to touch on the Epi Partner Network a, a bit more about that. And interesting, you said that because that was going to be um, one of our key questions. Actually, is how important will the partners be to the uptake on this? And and yeah, are you already talking to them? Like, do they already see this as? Ah, there's an extra opportunity for us to add value to customers by having a stronger toolkit. Like, where, whereabouts are you in that kind of evolution with the partner base? Yeah, so we we uh, we announced the acquisition, um, you know, two weeks ago. We are, we still have to go through the official close. So what we can share with partners right now is really the the announcement and a little bit of the benefits that this brings, obviously, to to yeah. joint customers. But the interest and even that announcement has been um, overwhelming. I mean, we just had a call with over 450 people just in Europe to talk about the uh, the, the announcement. And uh, I think the entire partner ecosystem is excited for it because ultimately, um, I mean, our EPI customers and our EPI projects in, in many cases in Europe, you know, north of, of 80% of our projects are really partner-driven projects. So for us, um, having partners be excited about this is extraordinarily important. And they are very excited for it because ultimately it means um, bringing more capabilities to, to companies. And again, I come back to the original mission that I talked about creating digital leaders. And I just got prior to this was on a, on a, on a customer call and um, companies, you know, look for ways where they say like, look, I don't want to just make decisions based on, on, on guesswork. I actually want to use data for my decisions. And, you know, how many times is it that your CEO walks in and says like, oh, the website stinks, so I want to change this on the website. Yeah. But actually there's no data that supports that opinion. And so being able to work data driven and actually bring that in as a capability to a, a, a customer conversation, I think is an enormous opportunity for a partner to actually have a more strategic conversation with a customer. And I think all the partners that I've spoken to are very excited for that. Um, they're also obviously learning around how experimentation has evolved, yeah, that it's not just a green uh, red testing, but it's actually it goes much further than that. And I think it elevates again, the conversation to be more strategic and differentiating also against a lot of the other platforms that are out there in the marketplace. Um, so with, uh, with Optimizely from a commercial perspective, do you plan on kind of making this available to existing um, Epi server customers as part of their kind of existing commercial agreement or will it be, and will it be kind of bundled in with the core product or will it be, or will it come at, at an additional expense for existing customers? Yeah. So the, the, uh, the, the adoption paths uh, for, for this and also the pricing paths um, from a strategic perspective and we, we, I can only comment on the strategic direction. Yeah. 
uh, because we still have to obviously work through these things post close you know but uh, you know what's important here is that it can't be just one size fits all model uh, because we have a lot of customers that start at different points yeah you know? and um i do think experimentation brings a lot of additional value um i think uh, uh you know across the entire customer base um you know, uh, Optimizely has quantified, for instance, the revenue impact that this has had on companies. And, you know, there was an 8% increase on, on revenue for customers using Optimizely. I mean, if you if you think about that level of increase for companies, um, there's obviously a lot of value to this. So we see this as an additional module that uh, customers can purchase. We have also, we're also going to have it integrated as part of a new DXP offering. Um, and so it's going to be, uh, it's going to be, um, it's going to have different adoption paths uh, because again, we, we want to sell it standalone, but also we want to sell it together with our DXP, but more to come on that as we, as we, um, as we uh, close the transaction. And I, I guess that's quite, that modularization has suited um, many business. I know with, with the Episover family at the moment, you know, you don't have to take all of the personalization parts you can start with commerce you can build out to add the enhanced personalization etc so i think module approach it's it's less frightening for a customer than just this goliath platform that you have to have everything and i guess from your point of view in the future you can bring people in from an optimization platform point of view with the potential to then upselling and cross-selling as they learn more about how the benefits of that of them bringing in the e-commerce so i can see why strategically that makes perfect sense yeah yeah there's definitely um definitely a lot of um a lot of options and a lot of excitement obviously from from our side and it's also because i think it's it's um i always like things that are um both ambitious but also really value creating and there's um there's again there's a there's a terrific value piece here because oftentimes when we talk digital experience i still think that sometimes the value piece is not quantified well enough and experimentation allows you to quantify things and so that that again is i think another benefit here and then obviously for commerce which is just on fire um, for as you see in the marketplace obviously especially due to covid you know commerce platforms need experimentation as well because again there's no experience without experimentation but i think it especially applies to commerce where um so many of the 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 aspects and processes that we go through, um, people kind of guess how people want to buy versus here you can actually see it and, and look at the customer behavior. Right. Um, so you've um, obviously over the last several years, um, EpiServers acquired a lot of impressive uh, kind of CX focused companies. Um, and I guess, do you, um, well, obviously, without giving too much away, do you have any kind of further plans to boost this? Are there any other kind of big areas kind of you've got your eyes on? Or do you think you've kind of built out like a really strong kind of uh, product through these existing acquisitions? Yeah, I, I want to be really careful what I say here, because I tell you my inbox yeah. is, is filled with emails right now from people saying like, oh, yeah, are you interested in buying us, you know, after you bought Optimizely? <laughs> yeah. so, so I want to be, you know, but, but kidding aside, um, you know, the, the, what's really fantastic for EpiServer is that EpiServer 
really has a, a breath of fresh air and life um, post uh, the acquisition by Inside Partners. And Inside Partners, if you don't know, is a, is a growth focused private equity investor. And, and they have been really terrific in terms of really the strategic direction for Epi Server. So they're a big part of this story. And um, they look at, you know, and I think this is just a gigantic number, but they look at 20,000 companies um, in terms of funding events and what they do and, and where they are in their, their life cycle. So I see a continuous flow of uh, activities and what's happening in the marketplace. And there's great technology out there in all sorts of areas. But I also tell you, I think if you are a buyer or if you are a customer, making sense out of this is really, really hard, you know? Um, because every description sounds very, very similar. Yeah? So what I do think is happening is that obviously platforms uh, are kind of like uh, attracting, um, attracting um, uh, you know, people bring together platforms just like EpiServer is. You know, and at EpiServer, we want to build the most advanced digital experience platform. And we believe we're together with now the last acquisitions, we really are ahead of the curve and we want to keep ahead of the curve. And so what I look for is uh, uh, always opportunistically looking at things that actually help you be ahead of the curve. I don't want to do things that are just consolidation plays or old technology. I want us to think about where's, where, where are the things moving towards. Um, you know, things are obviously always, the big themes are always being able to understand your customer better. So things around customer data. Uh, but also around, you know, again, everything related to personalization, I think will continue to be very important and very hot. You know, there's a lot of talk about, you know, journey orchestration, about how do you take a customer across these different touch points and so on. Um, but I also think that, you know, you do need to read the market correctly in terms of where does opportunity and ability to adoption actually meet? Sometimes you have technology that's just 10 years ahead of its curve and people are just not using it. And I do think that experimentation in particular is right now at this magical moment in time where the business uh, research world says like, hey, the best companies experiment, you should be experimenting. The technology has evolved from green red button testing to we can actually test your business logic. Yeah. And the platforms have evolved to say like, look, we can actually bring this in to actually connect it so that it makes sense. Yeah. And so that really drives for me the decisions about what's exciting for us to look in the marketplace. But we're going to remain opportunistic and, and see what's, what's out there and if there are things that are just an amazing good fit with, with our platform. Yeah, I, I think you encapsulated it really well earlier when you said, I think it was like, how can technology serve the adoption in the business? I, I think that's often the, the part that people don't think about when considering technology selection. It's okay, which technology does X, Y, and Z, but not how easy is it for the business to then use and make take advantage and get an ROI on that investment. And I think that's that's an essential thing. Um, so yeah, interesting to, to, to hear that's that's the, the thinking and the strategic vision. Um, I've got, I mean, that's been, I mean, it's been fascinating. I've been really enjoyed uh, listening to your answers, Alex. So thank you. And we, we, we've got no more uh, questions on, um, for the podcast, but the, the, I guess the last thing is if people want to hear more about, well, either EpiServer in general, but about the, specifically the optimized acquisition, what it means in terms of the EpiServer capability. And for those who might want to explore technically further, and I appreciate it's, it's only just happened and it's probably a little while away from being uh, having all of that information. But 
How do people reach out? Who do they reach out to? Uh, James, Paul, I mean, I would be, uh, I would be uh, remiss not to say you should go to episerver.com. <laughs> so that's, that's obviously the place where, where, where everything starts and you can, you can go there to find out more both on the uh, episerver DXP platform, but also obviously about uh, the current information on the Optimizely acquisition. And then uh, I'm available over LinkedIn. Um, you can find me there. Uh, Alex Atzberger. I'm also uh, on, on social, on other channels. So feel free to reach out. Uh, I think I'm, I'm uh, pretty approachable. So anytime. Okay. Thanks so much. Wonderful. Thanks, Alex. Have a good rest of the day. Thank you. You guys as well. Thank you.